Praise the Lord. My name is Joey Roberts, and I'm so uh, honored to be with you again tonight. I was here a few months ago. Uh, this is my beautiful, talented, lovely wife, Kirsten, uh, in her brand new Chuck Taylors, courtesy of our favorite new people. Uh, but uh, we're so honored to be with you all. And uh, thank you, Pastors uh, Justin and Annette. Really appreciate getting to come here every time. Praise the Lord. How many know that the devil's a liar, pants on fire? Amen. Amen. He is a liar. You know, you uh, while we were praying uh, or, or worshiping the Lord just uh, up in my heart, man, if you're dealing with fear here tonight, uh, uh, let's deal with it. The Bible says uh, uh, that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but power love and a sound mind. I found this to be true and you check your own life and your own situation. The enemy loves to uh, wait till we get into church sometimes to bombard us with thoughts that are not pertaining to the moment. And it's so important to be present in the moment, amen, where the anointing is and, and where the word of God is, is being uh, shared and Jesus is being exalted, amen. So don't let the enemy uh, distract you or tell you any, any lies because uh, he's a liar. That's all he's got is smoke and mirrors and, and lies. But we've got the more sure word of wisdom. We've got the word of truth, amen. And it's this truth that has set us free, amen. It's Jesus that's made us free. And so, uh, and I won't turn there because it's not what I came to preach on, but you've been uh, redeemed from that curse of fear, and you've been given Jesus. And so just turn to him right now, and if you need to, just on the inside, say, thank you, Lord, that I'm, I'm redeemed from all fear, and I'm going to be present right now, and I'm going to hear the word of God without any distractions. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, may I just lift up prayer one more time. Father, thank you uh, for ever, whoever that word was for. I, I thank you that they're redeemed. They're set free right now. We pronounce the gospel of freedom to you in Jesus' name. Uh, Minds, we speak to you. Bodies, we speak to you. Hallelujah. You will come under the authority of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God right here, right now. And we give Jesus, we give you Holy Spirit perfect liberty to do what you want to do, say what you want to say in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for peace. Peace which surpasses all understanding, keeping our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's just keep our eyes closed just for a minute longer and just envision that peace coming upon you. Hallelujah. Just expect that perfect peace to come all over you right now. Perfect peace. Yeah, that's it right there. Hallelujah. Peace. Peace. Mm. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. You know, you can do that any time throughout the day. You can just stop. You can put a stop to any thought, any hindering thing that's trying to distract you. Um, You know, uh, growing up uh, as a little kid, they told my parents I wasn't going to go on to the fourth grade because I was so distracted in my thoughts. And that I I was good for about five minutes of a lesson, but then I'd get distracted by, by anything. It could be a car going by out the window, and they wanted to put me on medication. And there, I have uh, nothing against medication. My, my uncle, who's a born-again, spirit-filled believer, he's a psychiatrist. He prescribes lots of medicine. Medicine's good. It's godly. Amen. Uh, no, nothing wrong with that. But uh, I remember my father, I was in third grade going to fourth, and he told my teacher, he said, no, you've got it wrong. My son has the mind of Christ. Now, this wasn't a Christian school. And she said, Mr. Roberts, we would never try and offend you. We're trying to help you, but, but your son is a little slow. And he said, no, no, he's not slow. He's actually smarter than any other kid in this class. I love my dad's boldness and tenacity. Uh, and that's how we got to be, amen. We got to slide in with what the word of God says over what we're seeing, amen. You know what? They wouldn't give up on that word. And in that same year, I went on to fourth grade. You know, I never was held back. And my grades improved. Amen. I tell you, uh, we always talk about putting the word first, but it comes first in our mouth, doesn't it? It comes first in our mouth. Amen. You put the word of God first in your mouth, and and, uh, it will be that that sword that's sharper than any other two-edged sword. It's that thing that comes out of us. And you know the devil just can't deal with that. Amen. He just can't deal with it. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, it's going to be good tonight. Look your neighbor right in the eye and say, man, you look so beautiful this evening. It's always fun to make dudes do that. 
It's all right for one dude to tell another dude he looks beautiful. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many know that we have the victory? Now, listen, this is a shouting church. I've been here on Sundays, and you all shout for Pastor Justin, so I need a little help tonight. How many know that we have the victory? Amen. How many know that Jesus is our victor? He has made us victorious. Amen. How many in this place, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven's your home? Amen. That Jesus is your Lord? Come on, give me a little help now. How many know Jesus is their Lord? And because of Jesus, everything's going to be all right. You know, that was one thing Bob Marley had correct. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right now. Everything's going to be all right. No woman, no crying. Anyway, (laughs) praise the Lord. But everything's going to be all right because Jesus said it is. Amen. I don't know what you might be facing right now, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, the main thing I want to share with you tonight that they've asked me to share on is about uh, living victoriously in every area of our life. In, in, in a big part that I've found, and, and the Bible talks about this, but, but learning how to cast over all care upon the Lord. The Bible says, cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for us. You know, that is a a great word of wisdom that even in recent days, and I'll share a couple of testimonies, but I tell you, if you can master that, everything's going to be just fine. If you can master that I can take all the worry and all the stress and all the things that are trying to pull me down or attach themselves to me. For example, worry of, of a job situation. Worry of financial difficulty. You know the number one uh, destroyer of marriage? in the world, not just the United States, is, is financial difficulty. And the enemy wants to constantly use that against us to get us to be concerned about where, where our source is going to come from. But I tell you, the, the, the key that I've found, and I'm still discovering this, is it, it, the most important thing is to have Jesus right at the center of every thought. Knowing that the author and the finisher... The author, you can't say it without smiling. You could try. But the author and the finisher of our faith, he's he's made it all all available. And and man, not only he's fixed the whole thing. You know you're in a in a fixed race. Now in the natural, any fixed race, that wouldn't be fair, but that's the type of race you're in. Paul said we run we're running our race. This race has been fixed. He said, fight the good fight. This is a fixed fight. Man, all of heaven's betting on you. You're a sure thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a sure thing tonight. That's why I hang out with you. You're a sure thing. Amen. It's good to know that that your life and your destiny and your future, and hear me, even your now, it's a sure thing. It's fixed. Amen. It's fixed. It's fixed. Man, that's a good word you can give the devil next time he tries to come and tell you something's broken. Say, no, it's fixed. It's fixed. Job situation, it's been fixed. It's been fixed. Well, where's the money going to come from? It's been fixed. This whole thing's rigged. My whole life has been rigged up by King Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, if Jesus, and, and we'll get to my sermon in a minute, but what, what if Jesus was physically and personally walking around with you and just fixing everything before you got in the room? King Jesus was in there just working it out so that even the room ministered to you. Like when you, you walk into your job and you get behind your desk, King Jesus has already gone before and he's made sure that everything's just going to work out just the way you need it to work out. You say, that'd be awesome. Man, the Bible says that all he does... All the time it sits there and makes intercession for you and I. What's, what's that mean? He is praying on your behalf. How many know that prayer works? This is a praying church. We spent about five, ten minutes in that back room. And man, I tell you, our pastor here, he is a praying machine. Amen. He gets to praying and all of a sudden you can just sense the anointing. I had to reach over and grab my wife's hand to make sure I was still in the room. It was crazy. But I tell you, uh, that's what King Jesus is doing all the time for you and me. He's making intercession. What's that mean? He's, it, how many know when he says something, it's happening? Man, he's talking over you tonight. He's talking over your situation tonight. He's talking over your job. He's talking about your future. 
Amen. Him and God are discussing you right now. Promotion. Amen. Career assignments. Places you're going to be going that you don't even know you're going to be going. Amen. It's rigged. It's rigged. Amen. Well, I just want to encourage you tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, look at uh, 1 John 5, 4 for a minute. 1 John 5, 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, we know uh, uh, that faith comes how? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's that faith that is the victory that overcomes the world. I tell you, you can't hear too much word. Amen. You can't hear too much word. But I want to I encourage you something before we go any longer. Some people, and this has happened in my life, and I've been finding myself apologizing at different churches that I may have ministered at uh, in, in previous years. You know, I've ministered some things uh, along the lines in the last, this year be 20 years. And, and uh, I'm a faith preacher. I love the, the message of faith. I love to, to instill in people the best I can uh, the importance of hearing God's Word. And I like to be a, an outlet for people to hear the Word of God. And in my relationships, we've just spent the last two hours talking about the things of God and, and hanging out. I love that stuff. Do you know what I found this? Uh, over the years, I've preached to people concerning faith. And I, in some instances, I've realized through, through no fault of my own, or at least not me trying, uh, that, that I've instilled along the way a, a pressure, an undue pressure, that if I don't do this, and I don't get enough of this faith, that it's just not going to work out. And, and, and there is some uh, ideas centered around that. But you know what? I'm of the, uh, of the persuasion that right, right now, uh, it's time to let people know, hear me. Anywhere where you feel like you fall short, he picks it right up. You know, you can go to a faith church and hear the word of God and, 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 and uh, get these uh, things in position, these systems, uh, seven things to this and five to that, and these are all good things and read the books. But hear me, uh, there's no pressure or any stress about it. Jesus is working out and has worked out everything. And anywhere, I've seen it and it's happened in my own life. I thought, well, we just had not heard enough word yet. Because faith comes by hearing and we just haven't heard enough and hadn't heard enough. And, and I just don't have enough faith. And Lord, I want to have an, enough faith. And, and, and Lord, I, I, I got to grow my faith. And then I get under this stress and even lose sleep about my faith walk. Well, let me give you a, a gospel word, a good news word. You can skip all that. You just hear the word of God. And hear the word of God. And don't be worried about where your faith level's at. Just believe. I won't have time to turn to it. But when they brought that uh, demon-possessed, uh, the, the man who had the demon-possessed son. Remember? And they brought him to Jesus. And they said, Lord, we can't cast him out. And Jesus said, how much longer i got to stay with you, unbelieving generation? Now, he wasn't talking to the man or the son, but to the disciples. How many times you got to see me do this? And he said, bring him unto me. Remember? And, and, and Jesus uh, said to the man, he said, uh, the man said to, to Jesus, he said, Lord, uh, my son's all, all messed up. And if you can, heal him. And Jesus said, well, if you can believe, anything's possible to him that believe. The Lord uncovered this question, and it's really helping me see some things. I tell you, it just takes one word. One word from God, you all of a sudden, you'll see some things and say, oh, I've seen, oh, it's a lot easier this way. How many would like the Bible to be a lot easier than it was yesterday? <laughs> Amen. Just have some scriptures just jump out at you. I, I, I tell you, it, this word is alive. Yes. It's alive. Well, this, this scenario came off the page at me uh, a couple of months ago. You know, when Jesus said to the man, uh, if thou canst believe anything is possible to him that believe, the question arose in my spirit, is Jesus asking this man to believe for a miracle? Because that's what I preached for many years. If you can believe that this is possible, then you can have it. And I've heard that preached. Or is he simply believe, uh, saying, can you believe that I can do the miracle? You know, you can cut the devil just right in half. It's like you cut his tongue right out when he's talking to you. Because the devil will try and get you to sit in church trying to believe for a thing. And you can cut right through the mountain and skip the thing and just believe in the maker of the thing. 
How many know Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs? You know, God's not asking you to, to uh, believe for any specific need. He's just asking you to believe in Him who is the supplier of the need. I think it's time that we cut the devil's tongue right out. Right in the middle of conversation, him telling you, you ain't going to have your bills paid off. Your needs ain't going to be met. I tell you, your kids are never coming home to Jesus. Nothing's going to work out. Stressing you out. Filling your, you, you know, you get to work and you got this full plate. You had not even gone to the computer yet. You haven't even talked to anybody yet. You're just stressed out. Well, you can cut all that off by connecting your faith to the supply. Amen. So when I say... In this opening line, how many know that we have the victory through Jesus? Man, He is the victory. He is our everything. Oh, I tell you, I believe so much. And if you've been following us on any sort of social media, I've just been preaching it almost too much. I've been putting too many posts. You know, some people will unfollow you, Pastor Justin, if you post too many things. And, and I've been posting too much about Jesus lately, I think, because I've, I've noticed a couple of drops in, in my followers. You know, some people hang with you for a post or two a day, but, but you start posting five times a day that Jesus is coming back and soon, and in an encouraging way, even Christian folks go, yeah, I will. <laughs> Don't know if I can hang. I'm telling you, I believe he's coming back. And the Bible says he's coming back to a victorious, conquering, more than conquering, overcoming church. Why is that? Because we're buying into the idea, maybe for the first time, that, that he's taking care of everything. That he really is our source. That Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life. That he's taking care of all of it. And it's not about my system. It's not even how much I believe. It's all about him. He's coming back soon. And man, he's so proud. He's so proud of you. So proud of you. Look at you serving him, honoring him. Right before he comes, here we are honoring the king of kings. There's nothing greater than that. Be encouraged tonight. There's nothing greater than that. Then right before he comes, that our heart is turned towards him. Knowing that he's got it covered. Amen. Hallelujah. You even start talking that way and it it lifts pressure off. Try it this week. Try it tonight by yourself or with a loved one. Start talking about his magnificence and how good he is. You know, there's no other greater key to having victory in life than realizing for the first time again all over again having a personal revival of Jesus in my life that Jesus you really are the center of my joy what does that mean Jesus you really are I mean I only have the ability to work I only have two good hands and feet because Jesus Lord thank you for my health I'm telling you you can get caught up in a moment And that moment can grow to be more moments before you realize, man, I fell back in love with Jesus this week. You fall in love with Jesus again for the first time, a second time, a thousandth time. I'll tell you, all of a sudden you won't be trying for victory. Victory will follow you. Seek ye first, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's ways of doing and being right. And all these things shall be added. They'll follow you. Oh, man, get ready. Answer's going to be following you. Hallelujah. Money following you. Not us searching it out or seeking it out or trying to figure out how to get more, but, but, but so much following us, we've got to figure out how to deal it out. Amen. Well, thank you for all three of those amens. Man, if you were up here, I'd be amening you. Hallelujah. How many know that they're... That it's only through Jesus that we have this victory. You know, it's only through Jesus that we have faith. Amen. The whole concept. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. He said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Now, we've preached that many different ways. But here's a big question. Take Jesus out of that scenario. What do you got? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. You 
take Jesus out of any scenario, I like what Brother Criflo Dollar says, never forget this. You're only one Jesus away from burning in hell for eternity. Now that's simply put, and there, there's, that's a, a power pack punch. But I'm telling you, you take Jesus out of any scenario, and you just got a bunch of people hanging out. But see, it, it wasn't even that woman's faith. I love that Jesus is so kind. Man, if there's one thing that encapsulates him, it's kindness. It's kindness. There's nobody kinder than him. So kind that, that grown men with families and jobs met him for a brief moment and out of their own mouths said, I'm, I'm willing to lay down everything and follow you wherever you go. There's only one thing that can turn people on like that. That's kindness. Generosity. An overwhelming kindness. That's him. That's him. Praise the Lord. Am I talking about him too much? Hallelujah. How many also know that victory can be seen on people? You know, we talk about concepts of victory and and we preach about how to have victory. And these are all good things. Man, uh, I don't know if you've told them about the series, the Keith Moore series that you had turned me on to. Man, I was listening to that some more today. Uh, That's powerful stuff. But but we teach about victory. But you know what? Uh, There is no victory Outside of a relationship with Jesus. I know this is all just stuff you can get a cheap amen out of. And anyone can say this. But, but it's the truth. Is, is the key. The key. If there ever was a key. To, to having success in the area of having victory in life. It is that main thing. You guys always talk about keep the main thing. The main thing. And the main thing. And the main main thing. And if you're living in Maine, it's even more Maine of a thing. But keeping the main thing, the main thing is, is that relationship. That relationship with the Most High. Amen. I sure love having my relationship with the Lord. How about you? Yeah, I know you do. I can hear it in your voice every time I come to church. I love how you amen. But you know what? Victory can also be seen on people. Can, can we roll uh, uh, that first slide? I want to show you some, some pictures of, of what victory can look like. That wasn't the one I want to start with, but that's a good one. This is a challenge. You know, beloved, everyone say beloved. You know, here's Homer Simpson, and I know it's not a Christian show, although, little known fact, important, one of the creators of the Simpsons is a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. So, anyway, next slide here. Cared for. Man, when I go to sleep at night, and I know, number one, that I am God's beloved, and number two, I'm cared for, that changes everything about my sleep habits. When I can go and lay down on my bed knowing that no matter what, I am beloved by God. I am His beloved. And number two, I'm cared for. What's that mean to be cared for? That means somebody is taking care over me. You know, you weren't designed to care for yourself. The whole world right now, you know, one of the, and I believe it. Hear me, when I say I believe the Lord's coming back soon, I believe that the church is going to be raptured, I believe it, it, it's sooner than you might believe. I, I, I believe it. Do you know one of the, the, um, the latest, I believe, signs that was mentioned in the Bible that would happen right before the, the return of the Lord was men would be lovers of themselves. And in the last three years, we've seen an invention come out, the invention of the selfie stick. Hear me. The invention of the selfie stick. Now, it is, it's funny, but, but it is interesting. Never in history has mankind been so self-absorbed. You know, when you become self-absorbed, you start taking a closer look at yourself. And then comparisons start trying to sneak in. Because so-and-so is just as interested, if not more interested, in themselves 
because they're posting their selfie and you've got your selfie and then all of a sudden the descriptions of ourselves come out and go, man, look at so-and-so out on vacation all the time. Wonder what life must be like for them. Man, they're just having the time of their life. I bet you, I bet you their wife likes them. I bet you their husband's good to them. You know, mankind's never been so into self. Now, I'm not saying whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I have an Instagram account. I'm on social media. I like it. One of the first things I do, I'll tell on me and my wife. One of the first things I do in the morning, the first thing I do is get up out of bed obviously, and I go and get my coffee going. I get that thing going and I let the dog out. And then the very next thing is I grab my, my cell phone, my big old, I don't know how these phones got so big, but, oh, it's up here. I grab my phone and, and, and I, I like to go on there. Now, some of you are going to judge me and that's all right. This is all a test to see if you're judging people. But I go and I, I see what's going on. Now, see, I don't read the newspaper. I don't get the paper. And we just recently got uh, television. We just recently got uh, cable. But we don't even know what people talk about, whoever's, you know, doing whatever. And we're, we're a week or so late until it reaches social media. And it even has to filter through a bunch of people because I don't even follow anybody that, you know, I don't really want to follow. But... That's one of the first things I do. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I'll tell you this. It has caused me to realize that if my focus is not fixed firmly on Jesus and planted with a relationship of His Word to filter what I see in others and in what I see in myself, things get messed up. Some of our greatest stresses these days... And our greatest hindrances and the things that are causing us to lose sleep and get on medication and see doctors and cause ulcers and even early death. My wife was telling me uh, that, that, that stress, and Keith Moore was talking about this, uh, but, but, but stress, they're, they're discovering that, that uh, carrying around stress is one of the number one killers today. Just being bogged down. Well, you know, there's nothing more stressful than stressing over yourself. Hello? But you weren't designed to even care for yourself. You know, as, as kids, we are taught this word, you got to take care of yourself. Oh, listen, let everyone else do their thing, but, but you got to take care of yourself. Now, in the Christian world, we grow up to a certain point, and then we start hearing about, oh, wait a minute. It's not just about you because that's the right thing to say. But, but we've grown up and by the time you graduated high school, we're so taught that, that we've got to look out for number one. I tell you, you weren't even designed to take care of you. God's supposed to be number one. God's number one. Jesus is number one. Is this too simple for you? Amen. Let me see one more slide. Carefree. Remember, these are, these are things that can be seen. This can be seen in you. Can people see that you're carefree or careful? It's something good to ask. In this John G. Lake book, uh, there was a couple of occasions in this book put out by Kenneth Copeland Ministries. It's a big old book. In fact, I just loaned it. I've got to get that back. But it uh, says that Lake would look at himself in the mirror and talk to himself. And remind himself of who he is in Christ. And remind himself that God... He would look at him in his own eyes and say, God lives in that man. Hey, hey you, talking to himself. God lives in you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. The power of God resides in you. And he'd talk to himself. You know, I think there's uh, not only something cathartic, but even biblical... I dare you to try this. Me and my wife do it. We write things on our mirror with dry erase markers. And we've got cards literally taped on our mirror and in our doorways. 
And they, they, they say things to remind us not only of who we are in Christ, but, but how we should act and who we are called to be. You know, it's important, and it should be important to you, that people see in me, where'd my slide go? A carefree attitude. Is that to put on a facade that, that Joe is just this jovial, uh, weird dude that's always on vacation and cloud? No, 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 no. You're missing the whole thing. That's how the world sees it. But through Christ Jesus, since I have casted all my care, it allows him to take the care and I get to go carefree. Let's see the next slide here for a minute. Cheese! Turn to your neighbor and say, cheese! You know, a picture, they say, is worth a thousand words. You ever met that person that the group's getting together and there's that one uh, fuddy-duddy that just can't bring themselves to a smile? It's like, everyone say cheese! And they're like... Grandpa Wally would have called them dill pickle mouth or sourpuss. You know... I'll tell you one of the greatest things you can do to start your day is get up and practice smiling. You know, I found that smiles uh, work best with, if you do have teeth, to show them. And brush them, of course, but show them. Hey, man, can I see your one smile real good? Now, some people, literally people you work with, maybe even people you know, hopefully not the one you're sleeping next to, hasn't smiled in quite some time. I tell you, you know, practice makes perfect. Some people hear these things say, oh, this, this isn't even Bible stuff. When's he going to turn to more scriptures talking to me about practicing smiles? See, you're the person that needs to hear these things. Someone's got to talk to you about smiling. Smile. There used to be this little song my parents would sing when, when you'd be in a bad mood. They'd say, smile a while and give your face a rest. That used to be the most annoying thing to hear when I was upset because I did something stupid or, you know, came in late and found out now I'm grounded. They're going to take the car keys. And that would be the time that my dad would say, listen, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Smile a while and give your face a rest. I tell you, I take smiles, smiles say so much about us. Amen. What's, what's the next slide? I'm having so much fun. Covered. That's a good one. One more. What else we got? Goofy. That's the one I was looking for. Goofy. Goofy. I got to read this to you. I believe this is a word from the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Keep that goofy up. Don't let him go. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In how many of your ways? In all of your ways acknowledge him. Now wait a minute. you got to stop there for a minute. In all my ways acknowledge him? What does that mean? Well, it could be a little different for everybody because your ways may be going different than my ways. Do you know what earlier, just not even an hour ago, I was at the Steak and Shake up the road. How many like Steak and Shake? Listen, if you haven't had a burger from Steak and Shake, you're just missing out. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you need to go there immediately following this sermon. And listen, let me do you a favor. Up front, you're welcome. Uh, Steak and Shake has these amazing shakes. It's half of their title. Don't get caught up just on the steak burger, which actually is ground sirloin. Can you believe that? They use real ground sirloin. (laughs) McDonald's is so way behind. Anyway, and they got these great fries. But their fries are only great if they're right out of the hot grease. For they are shoestring fries. You know, shoestring fries are awesome because you can get them really crispy. And with the right ketchup. Now, it needs to be Heinz ketchup. You see, come on now. We're on the same thing going on here. If it's not Heinz, if it's Hunt's or one of those other things, it's not going to have the same experience. So just trust me. It's to the point where I'm almost going to take my own ketchup package some places. But Steak and Shake obviously is on the money. But just an hour ago, 
they brought the burger. I know I'm wasting the whole thing. I'll suffer later. Anyway, they, they brought the burger, and I was so excited and hungry. But then, you know, I do the fry test. Do you do the fry test? That's where you hover one hand directly over the fries. And if you don't sense some warm sensation or steam, then, then those fries got to go away. Because this is, you know, we got the burger, but half of this combination is the fries. I even specifically, I said, does fries come with that? I kind of said it like that. I don't know why I'm talking like this right now. But it seems wrong. And so the fries came, and I said, listen, hey, wait, 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 before you go, would you guys mind when they drop some more fries, can you just bring me some fresh ones? You know what was a real blessing? That young man, he didn't bat an eye. He said, I can do that. That was pretty cool. I don't know why I shared all that with you. <laughs> Moving right along. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You know, that's a blessing of the Lord. You know, you could have a whole different experience that just ruined your whole night right before you got to go preach at Heritage of Faith Fellowship Christian Church, Christian Center. <laughs> H-O-F, Hoff. But that could ruin your whole evening if you let it. But see, in all my ways, I want to take a moment and knowledge, acknowledge the Lord in his miraculous working with the fry guy. Now you say, that's small. I mean, really? You're going to take a good three to five minutes, maybe seven minutes out of your preaching time and our time to acknowledge the fry guy at Steak and Shake? Well, yeah. Because he said in, in all your way. See, there's a key to not only hearing the word, but the Bible said, don't be hearers of the word only, but be doers of the word. Now, that's just my little example. But if you'd go out of here tonight and you'd start acknowledging the Lord in the little places that could have gone another way. Let's say, because it's happened. I say, hey, bro, these fries, they're just not hot. And all of a sudden, he's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? This is, this is steak and shake, right? This ain't in and out, man. And maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he's frustrated. Maybe his wife just left him. Now, I don't know. But the Lord did that. The Lord did that. In all your ways, I'm learning, even as I'm saying this, I'm getting a vision that if I begin to acknowledge him in all my ways, he will truly direct my path. Turn to your neighbor and say, give God some credit. Now, question, trust in the Lord with how much of our heart? Lean not on what? What are we not supposed to lean on? That's a big one. That's a big one. You know, much of the stress I've found in my life is me trying to figure out a thing. You know, I know to trust in the Lord with all my heart, but Lord, I, I just wish I knew how you are going to do it. <laughs> Why don't you let a friend in on something and tell me, is it going to be, it's going to be so-and-so, isn't it? That's going to be the deal. That's going to happen, and this is going to happen, and then everything's going to be golden, right? And, and you can lose sleep trying to figure out something in your own understanding. You know, life's so much better when you're carefree. When you're carefree, I'm going to get the goofy in a minute. It's going to nail you so hard because there, there, there is something to be had with goofy people. I'm one of them. I'm a goofy guy. And that's all right. Hmm. You know, goofiness, I like goofy people. My father is, was, is, and always will be one of the goofiest men. Now, one of the greatest Bible teachers I've ever heard. That's not just because he's my dad, but many wonderful ministers have said that about him. But, but you've never met anyone that likes to goof off more than my father. I don't mean in a crass or bad way. He's just, he's liable to do anything. You know, he's always, you know, if we're taking a photo, he always wants to take a silly one. 
You know, hey, we'll take a serious one, but now we've got to get one silly one. And he's more interested that the silly one turns out the right way that he thinks it ought to be. Now, listen, no, he'll want to look at it. No, Joey, that was not silly enough. You know, there's something to be said about people who are silly and goofy. Some people say, well, they're just, they're, I'm not talking about never being serious. But some people misunderstand. You know, there's, and I'm not a dad, but when I have kids... I'm going to be the silly, goofy dad. I'm going to be the guy that shows up at the soccer game and I've got a cooler of drinks for everybody and I'm going to be wearing a stupid hat and, and, and just being goofy. Why? Because I want to spread the love. I want to share the cheer. Does that mean you want to be the center of attention? No. But somebody's got to be the life of the party. Hello? Help, help. Oh, come on now. Somebody has to be the life if there's going to be a party. I spent much of my adult life pastoring teenagers. Pastoring teenagers. Multiple youth groups around the United States. And the saddest thing in the world was always seeing the parents who never smile. You know, the kids come out from youth group. They're all excited about Jesus. They're all excited about something God said to them. They're all excited about worship. They're all excited about an event coming up and then to see a parent who doesn't even smile. Okay, Johnny, let's go. Let's get in the car. It's all business. And, 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 and I would say there's no wonder why many of these kids feel like they have no setup or any future or any relationship. You know, all God does about you is smile all day. You, <laughs> you're going to get to heaven, some of you. You've got to realize God's way goofier than you knew he ever could be. <laughs> Think about it. God could tell a joke that would literally force you to laugh for a solid week. I think the Lord's going to look at some people and go, you know what, you spent about 50 years kind of on edge. I think you need a good joke that's going to hold you in stitches. You're going to be begging for mercy, oh, I don't know, for the next six months. And just give you something to just blow your mind. And every moment you think about it just gets funnier and funnier. And then all of a sudden you're going to resemble those people that you thought were so goofy and weird. But you ain't never met anyone funnier and sillier and happier than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the life of the party. I know this may feel uh, surfacy, but don't let it be too easy. This does have everything to do with having victory in your life. Amen. Victory can be attached to a smile. Victory can be attributed to your ability to be silly and laugh at yourself. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Listen, that takes something of us. It takes faith. Anyone who's concerned about where they're going... Well, Keith Moore said, I didn't say it. Keith, Pastor Brother Keith said, if I'm carrying the care around and I'm worried all the time about my situation and where I'm going, he said there's one word that describes that, faithless. When I say smile, it's not because I feel like it. It's not because everything's going right. You know, back in the 90s, we used to run and dance around the church. You remember? Let me do a I would do some things like that. I had a mixture of like a ska move with, with the running man. And so when the spirit get on me, it, you know, I feel like I remember Dr. Savell coming to my father's church when I was a kid. And, and he didn't feel like running. But he had a dude with him. I'll never forget it. I never saw a minister do this. He said, so-and-so, I can't run. So you run for me. And he, here's the coolest thing. You're 15 years old and the minister is so cool that he don't even do his own running. <laughs> Have you ever seen anybody? It's like a pinch hitter. Or, you know, it's like... I'm going to do my thing, but, but I don't want to miss out on the run. So so-and-so, run for me. You know, I think we could get back to some of those days of running and shouting. You know, if I can be on a tangent for a minute, there ain't nothing wrong with that. And it's not because everything's so good or we've got some big revelation. I tell you, some of those times that we ran and shouted and jumped and rejoiced, it was by faith and I knew I was in a safe harbor and in a zone. I can do this here. I can cut loose here. I can find my freedom here. 
I'll never go to a church that you can't find your freedom in. I'll never be a part of an organization uh, uh, that, 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 that doesn't represent freedom. Amen. That's what being family is all about. I don't know everything about this church, but I know this is a free church. And, and by faith we do some of these things. I say be goofy. Hey, maybe, maybe take all the faith you can muster to come up with a good clean joke. Listen, you can get a bunch of spiritual stuff when Pastor Justin speaks. I'm going to talk to you just on, on a level here just for a minute. Some of you haven't told a, a clean joke ever. Very few amens in this Presbyterian church. And so since you couldn't tell dirty jokes, you just stopped joking altogether. My father testifies that when he first got saved, he got rid of all his possessions. He was taught God wanted you poor. And, 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 you know, uh, the, the deacons of the church would pray over the pastor. Lord, you keep him humble, we'll keep him poor. <laughs> and he, he, he was taught, you know, uh, God, this ain't about fun. This is all business. And he said, I, I was goofy growing up. But then I got born again and I got straight. And everything was straight, all business. And he said, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and got back to my good old self. But in a righteous way. I tell you, there's something great that we can do. I say, write a joke. Man, do something this week by faith that breaks the borders of the norm in your life. Maybe you want to get victory in an area. Don't try and do it in some spiritual manner. Ask God. Say, Lord, help me get a sense of humor again. Help me enjoy my life. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't you enjoy life more if you laughed a little along the way? Mary Hart does good like a medicine. You still here? I'll read one more uh, scripture here for you, and then, and then I'll, I'll turn it over. Thank you so much for letting me share with you. I like it when church people, I'm just going to read this to you, because this was, this was the word that kind of ministered to me. I like it when church people can be goofy. And act silly with one another. Goofiness and silliness are often signs of comfort or being comfortable with oneself or in their surroundings. People who can afford to act silly and cut loose a little show signs outwardly of being carefree, stress-free, and worry-free. You know, if, you're, if your goal... I didn't even read the, the founding scripture here of casting all your care, but, but you can find it, Google it. Your goal... If your desire is to be stress-free, carefree, and worry-free, those things don't happen by accident. I did not become goofy and carefree by accident, but by faith. Now, we talk about using our faith for finances and healing. Do you know some people's healing is directly attached to their inability or ability to enjoy life? Yes, sir. And I tell you, I've counseled with some people, especially young people, and say, man, you're just too dang serious. you got to loosen up, bro. Yeah. You know, never once in the first two years I pastored, I did six funerals in the first two years. One was a 16-year-old girl, died of cancer. And in those two years of pastoring in that small town, not one of the deceased nor their families ever said, I wish they had been a little more stiff or professional in our leisure time. Let me go Tommy Barnett on you for a minute. You're not going to get to heaven and wish you had been more professional in your life. You're not going to look back, and again, I don't have children, but we're, we're talking about it lately. I know I'm never going to look back in 20 or 30 years if the Lord tarries and say, man, I wish I'd been more professional with my friends and my family. I wish I'd been more staunch. No. Why? Because that's not natural. That's not godly. And I know this can seem very light, but, but this is what I got out of that teaching. And it just hit me so hard, and I was like, Lord, I... I I'm going to share on that. It's such a... I tell you, before Jesus returns, I believe he's coming back soon. Make the decision. You're going to enjoy your life more. Amen. Man, really cast your care. 
I didn't, I, I, this would take me a week to do what Pastor Justin can do in 20 minutes. I'm more weird. But uh, make the decision. And if you have, you know, if this is foreign to you, I ask you to seek the Lord and, and ask the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, where am I not enjoying my life enough? Lord, how am I not enjoying the, the things that you've provided? You know, all those friends around you, all that family. Listen, all these people around you that love you and care about you. I tell you it's time for you to enjoy one another. It's time for you to enjoy this thing called the family of God, the body of Christ, the household of faith. But we do these things by faith. By faith. Can I pray for you before we, before we quit? Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Mm, yeah. I pray, Lord, that we get a, an earnest passion about being carefree. Not only just a desire to be stress-free and worry-free, but, Lord, to actually do something about it. May we not be just hearers of the word, but doers and put these things into practice. Lord, I pray for each and every person here tonight. You know, just for a minute, not to linger, nobody looking around, but you say, that's me, Joey. I, I need prayer in this area. I've been stressed out. I've been worried. I've been carrying a burden, and I don't want to carry it anymore. Anybody, if you just lift your hand, just to acknowledge that. I see those hands. I see that hand. See that hand. See that hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's do something my dad would do. Let's all stand up and join hands together. Amen. We just join, we just join our faith with one another. Amen. There's nothing like knowing that somebody, Ethan, I'm so blessed knowing you're believing God with me. Amen. Hey, listen, if you don't know Ethan and Rebecca, they're gold. Telling you, these people, they love Jesus. They're real about the things of God. We just spent the last two hours before coming here just encouraging one another. You need some encouragement? Get Ethan's number. Get on their, their Facebook. Man, I tell you, these are some encouraging people. Amen. Father, I thank you for each and every person. Lord, we pray for the person on our right side and on our left. Lord, may they be encouraged. Hallelujah. Lord, I just think that we're going to begin to press on into enjoying life together, doing life together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for being the center of our joy, the author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, we're going to go out and encourage. Say, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. I'm going to enjoy my life. Stress-free. I'm moving forward. I say it with my own mouth. I'm casting all my care on Jesus. Lord, thank you for taking my care away. I refuse to care. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give somebody a big high five and you may be seated. Pastor, thank you. I love you.